This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer. Richard. Bonsoir. <laughs> yeah, that's a little French for people driving in their car who are wondering, oh my gosh, did he just speak French to her? I think yes, he did. I think he did. Where were you? Um, I was in France, but not last week. That was a year ago. Oh, you're kidding. You posted a picture and I thought you went to Paris. I am such a yes. doofus. I wish that I was in Paris right now. It reminded me of that, but I thought people, yes, no, I am here. I'm oh, that is so cool. I mean, I was going to ask you questions about French ghosts. Whether they speak, parlez-vous Francaise? They do speak French, and it's okay because it comes in English to my mind. So I can speak to people that only speak French as, as long as there's a translator or Google transfer. Google Translate. Google Translate. Mm -hmm. And have you ever seen any ghosts in France? Oh, yeah. It's old. Yes, yes, yes. It's old. It's Anything old. that comes to mind? Anybody uh, interesting or weird or... Um, when I was at the Eiffel Tower with my daughter, I felt a lot of, and it could just be the Eiffel Tower, but I felt so much energy there, like just so much, I know that sounds vague, but <laughs> very old, it reminded old. me, very old, 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 like people that are, that saw it for the first time, I saw people wearing like, you know, women wearing these long dresses and like having their little bonnet, like, so... I saw a lot of that, even at the museums. Like museums are kind of the freakiest for me because I could touch something and go into the time and history or like focus on something, you know, at the Louvre and and like get more than just when it was done. It's it's very interesting. I'll tell you, I was there, oh, in the late 90s, uh, part of a film festival that was in Biarritz. And I wound up, staying with some friends who lived near the Père Lachaise Cemetery, mm -hmm. you know, where Jim Morrison's buried. And in so there was a couple that I was staying with, and I was sleeping on the couch. And at some point in the middle of the night, I felt somebody getting into the bed with me. And I thought, oh, amazing. This is kind of French. <laughs> like, is, is it the husband? Is it the wife? Like, who's, who's climbing in? And yeah. I kid you not, I like rolled over but I, my body didn't roll over. It was like my consciousness rolled over. And I was aware that it was a young woman who did not have a head. And at first, my, you know, the instinct What's her was, name? Antoinette. I know, I don't know. But, you know, I'm not far from the cemetery. And my first instinct was to scream, you know, and run, you know, run around the room. But for whatever reason, I just was like, oh, this must be somebody who, you know, lost their head in the revolution or something. And uh, I got this sense of somebody who just wanted the comfort of another body. And I was like, nah, we're in France. Why not? <laughs> Anyways, that was, that's my, but this is way before I did this research. Now I'd be like, Mr. What's your name? What's your family name? What year are you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's why I said Antoinette, like, so when you said that Antoinette popped up into my head and then it took me, then I went to um, where I took Blake, we went to uh, Versailles uh -huh. and 
just going into Versailles, there was so much there and so oh, yeah, that's I've heard so that. amazing. And then Antoinette's play, like all of that was spectacular for me to see. Like it that's was fun. And to feel her and to feel the children in that area where she had built those little, like she had her whole garden. Like it was just, it was like when I, that night I was so tired because of all the energy that was there. It was, it truly was like one of my most favorite moments. So for all those TV producers that are driving around in their car, listening again, I thought, wow, what a great show. We take Jennifer to like famous museums and we ask her to sort of access what happened in this painting. And then she could talk about, you know, the names and places and dates. I, you know, that's me. I thought that would be a fun adventure. That would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, speaking of fun adventures, let's ask our friend Luana Andrews to come forward uh, for those tuning in for the first or last time. Luana's our Immediately, oh. I'm getting Amelia. Amelia Earhart. Okay. Huh. Very good. That's interesting. Um, I guess she has something to say. Hold on. Amelia Earhart stopped by. Well, that's a little odd. Yeah. But I know I can tell you why. Why? Let's ask her. Let's ask what's going on, Amelia. Why would you stop by? Because she's been talking to you as you've been writing. That's correct. <laughs> okay. Like she's showing me talking to you in your ear. She's talking to you in your ear and she's showing me your writing. Okay. So Amelia, let's ask you this question. Um and I've like, give go ahead. It'd be like giving the the first part to like it, so it might have been an email where you showed like a like a one, two, three thing of what, right? And so it's a, I'll tell you in a second why that's so accurate, but let's ask Amelia first. Uh, it, it, and I know what you want to talk about. So is this going to have a positive outcome or is this a negative outcome or is the outcome just going to be the usual shrug? Feels like positive. And I don't say that very, you know me i don't say that and for the first time for first time listeners and maybe their last time rich and i don't talk about anything prior to our podcast no other than i thought she was in paris so that shows how much i know what you've been up to the week. Wait, no, no. um <laughs> so okay show me show me again sorry this one feels good. So whatever is going on, it, it actually feels good. It's I saw it's uncanny because I really wanted to take this project, Leo's project, to a producer that I'm aware of that I don't know personally. Um, and I saw an event where her president of production was giving a talk uh, at the school that I sometimes teach at. And so I stopped by and I thought, oh, this would be fun. You know, wouldn't it be great if I could somehow meet this person and maybe talk to her? But, you know, it was for students and I really didn't want to intrude, which is unlike me. <laughs> but as I was leaving. Highly unlikely. But as I was leaving, I went out a weird exit. And who do I run into but the person who was in charge of the thing? And I stopped and I mentioned this project. I didn't say what it was. And she said, oh, I really want to see it because she knows, you know, some of the people that I know. 
anyway, and it went over there uh, this morning, I think, or maybe yesterday with a note. <laughs> so, you know, listen, Amelia, this is a story about Amelia. I've been working on it for 30 years. And Amelia knows that I've been working on it for 30 years. She says it's the right story. Hey, it's a it's a little bit unusual. It's really in her words and her story, and it's all about her, not about what happened to her. It is about what happened to her, but it's more about how that occurred. And anyway, people who've tuned in before. So, uh, Amelia, thank you for stopping by. Is there anything you want to tell people out there or thinking about you or thinking about how to talk to their loved ones? What do you would like to say? Well, the first thing she said to you was, I told you so. I told you since last spring, we've been working on this together. And like you, you, like, what are the chances of the, like, when you, like, what are the chances? I, the it chances? went in my head when she stopped me and we talked and she gave me a hug. I thought, how weird would this be that I would just even think that I would even run you know into what's so cute is, so when she gave me the hug, they're showing me the hundreds of spirits giving love to her to give love to you. Like how much they work towards like, it's like, and I know that because I, I end up loving, you know, the people here that maybe they shouldn't be loved or whatever. Everybody should be loved. Let me rephrase that. But I end up loving them more because of the way that I get shown how amazing it could be or how amazing they are from spirit. And so she just showed me, like, you just got a group hug by her, but by all the class, everybody in class. It and, felt like it. Right? Like, not from here, right? Not from here. It, it felt not very uncanny, and I was really aware of it. Um, but let's, uh, about not about me, but let's just talk about. Richard, just for a second, just for a second. I know it's not about you, but how great is it that when I, when, before right off the cuff amelia came amelia came in it, like, it's uncanny I, it really and, is and you know what she told me today like i was you know so the only stress i had today was trying to make because i love our podcast i'm like please give me how are we going to do this you know um and it always works out it always does but and I here we are and we, here we are and here we just, are so with a grain of salt or whatever or a as William Blake said, through <laughs> what is it, sand, grain of sand. Anyway, grain of salt. Oh, that's so funny. Thank you. So funny. <laughs> um, they're just, you have a whole support group that's super excited about this. And you know me every time, like, well, or could we'll be, see. could be, Edward will see, you know, we'll see, whatever. Can I tell you something that happened to me today? Please. So I worked on a case, and I can let people know this. It, it was the Bakersfield Three. This was five years ago. Mm. I don't remember what I said. It was there's there was three people that two of them went missing, and one person that was shot. And the moms were in in my office. It was five years ago, and they filmed it. I always tell them, film it, do whatever you want. With I, I'm just going to do my work. Let's see where it goes. I never remember what I, I don't even remember what I said. I remember feelings associated with it. So this production team reached out and they're doing a documentary on it. Oh, great. And they're like, you're an integral part of it. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> what? what do you mean? I don't remember, but apparently I 
said all these things that ended up happening. Oh, it's great. And recently I've been getting feedback from, and I'm only saying this in the context of like, it didn't make sense at the time. I was dreading the information that I had to give to the parents. But as I, and, and it took me a long time to process, you know, to be able to say what I said. Um, but between that, she said to me, she goes, you're very well, like people research you all the time. Law enforcement researches me all the time. I had a, <laughs> I had somebody, and I think I'm going to mention this last time. Um, the chief of police like researched me. Not only did he, cause he couldn't believe that what I said two years ago ended up coming true in a case that they're finally getting. Wow. Out. That's so but, great. But there's, there's a point to this too. And I'm also getting to something else. Like you have to trust your intuition, even though you don't. Okay. Thank you. I had no idea if it was going to be correct. I I just gave what I, you know, just did what I did. What they're showing me or why I'm even saying this is we might do things or we might say things or we might get things that doesn't make sense now, but it will later on. So like if you go through a betrayal or a breakup or something, trust me, it might be so painful now, but I promise you every single time it always later on is for the best for you. Like it is the best thing that's happened to you, but you just don't know it yet. You that's have brilliant. to trust. You have to trust it. Cause a lot of people are like, I had literally, there's always a theme with my work. And today there was four betrayals and they were a friend mm. and every single one. They're just like, I don't understand it. I know this is better for me for not having the, whatever it is. And the one thing that one thing that I have been shown to say is I forgive you. Wow. Very powerful words. And when I feel into that, like you don't ever have to say to the person, but it cuts those cords. You say, I forgive you. And it's like, I forgive you. It's pushing away all the pain. It starts pushing away everything that's in your heart that hurts so much because when you don't say something like that it just sticks so they never have to know that you forgive them you just have to allow it you have to let it go i mean i just what comes to mind is like getting caught you know somebody's listening to our podcast as i like to listen to it in the car you know and somebody cuts you off and if you do that as a mantra just learn how to say it i forgive you even if you don't mean it you Over just the say it. Things, it takes it away. Just it's, it's gone. <laughs> like, it is the greatest like form of medicine in the world, but it takes time when you've had that because your dream state's involved. You get it's crazy how much you know the person that because you it's the betrayal, like it's your ego. It's your ego saying, How could they do this to me? How could this happen to me? Right. All that time we spent together, all those things we did together. Right. And, and then you, Maybe it was just for you to learn how to get like, maybe it was just for you to learn how to evolve or for you to learn to get over it. And nine out of 10 times it's those people that when you, when you, the betrayal feels that happens is usually, you know, the reason why you feel so betrayed is because you give them everything. You are a fixer or you think you can fix things or you think, and then they twist it on you or whatever it is. You just have to know that, that for some reason that's unbeknownst to you at the time you're going to learn from this 
you're going to forgive this and you're going to be better at not replicating it. Wow. That's very powerful. It's, you know, as the Dalai, I've quoted this before, but as the Dalai Lama has said, you can't change how people behave or how they act towards you, but you can change how you react to them. If you're reacting to them with immediately, like, I forgive you, I'll figure out why you did this to me later on. But right now, it's not in my, you know, bailiwick to worry about it. I forgive you. And now what's the next thing? Speaking of the Dalai Lama, name drop, um, this Sunday, uh, March 26th, at 1 p.m. Los Angeles time and 4 o'clock New York time, I'm speaking at the Divine, uh, no, at the Menla Conference of Living and Dying, the Art of Living and Dying, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Robert Thurman, and your buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh anyway you can find a link to sign in sign on sign up richmartini.com this is how much he thought i was in paris this week and i didn't know about this so can you please send me a link so i can post it on my site? oh absolutely i will I'll send it to you as soon as we finish our podcast but yeah it's a very unusual thing like all these people are talking about dying and living from there's priests on there there's clergy there's uh, religious people, all faiths, there's Buddhists, Christians, etc. They're talking about the tradition, and there's scientists talking about the what happens in the, the hereafter. And then your buddy Rich is going to talk about divine councils in the afterlife, which is, I'm kind of skipping ahead, you know. It's like, okay, you're off stage. now what do you do? Hey, let's go visit my council. So it should be a very unusual talk. Um, what can I say? I'm, you know, working on it now. It'll, it'll be fun. I'm trying to make it fun. You know, how much fun can it be other than it's a lot of fun when you talk about divine councils, because that's like, Oh yeah. When people ask me like what, cause I always say they're showing me and they're like, who, who are they? I'm like, yeah. Well, right. your, yeah. your council, your guides, your, your teachers, your councils. Because when, when it comes from like, are you sure it's not my mom from the other side? I'm like, I, I, I react in such a way when people come in from the other side, cause it's, they're literally walking in the room. And sometimes like, even when, with my dad, if I say the F word, because my dad is more, you know, was a more ambitious before he passed. I feel I'm like, oh, my dad's right here. I got to, I have to like, <laughs> say that. But um, they, it's, it's different. Like when they walk in the room, the reason why I'm saying that is because when I, when I look at things that are dealing with cases or whatever, I'm like, yeah, they said this. I'm like, who are they? I'm like, sometimes, yes. A lot of times the person that was killed or whatever, they give me information. But a lot of times it's your divine counsel that gives me that information. So it's very, and they've been, whether you know about your counsel or not is irrelevant. They're going to be with you no matter what. That's right. And what, yeah. I, what we've learned yeah. is, you know, they're like, they're like uh, benevolent uh, teachers, because or, mafia, or mafia or mafia but they've seen you before you know they know what you're, you're about and so when people talk about their life review it's usually in front of their council and they're you know they're saying how do you think you did and then the council members go you know i know you think you gave a lot of money away but you know that you were not really or whatever and they tease you about things that you thought you had mastered or that you're like right. totally done with 
And they're like, eh, it's remember that time that you so remember that a, time that you didn't forgive. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> well, and today I got an email from somebody on Quora who said she had tried this method that's outlined in the book Divine Counsels in the Afterlife. What we talk about, you know, the guided meditation, picture yourself on a boat on a river. So she did that. And then she sudden she asked her guide. And Carol, the boat I think sank. his name was. Sorry? The boat sank. <laughs> no. So her guide, she asked her guide Harold, who said, you know, should I go visit my council? And he was like, Yeah. And the next thing you know, she's in this room and she's talking to these people. Uh, anyway, and the what what made it really she just wanted to say thank me for giving her this tool. I wasn't there. I didn't know that she would talk. I've never met these council members. But anyway, it was a fascinating account. So for people listening, guess, yes, get the book. But secondly, Hmm. when you do this, be open to it. So she was open to it. She was open to it, totally. and, And sometimes, you know, like I get people all the time. They're like, well, I've never done this before. I'm like, okay, great. You're, I get to diversionize you. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, no, this is, this is guidance. This is just, I help people when they, you know, when they're in crisis, when severe crisis in a lot of cases, but also when people are just like, why doesn't he love me? Or why did this happen? Or yeah, why? And their guides are, are okay. saying to them, you know, call up Jennifer. You want to find out the answer to this question, you know, put, they put Jennifer in front of them, you know, on a, uh, some podcast or somewhere, whatever. And then there you are and you connect them with the loved ones who are waiting to tell you that they still love you, that they love doesn't die. Yeah. So one of my last clients, his dad was here. He won't mind me saying this, but his dad was here and his dad said, you know what? You and your wife are fine. You are so loyal to each other. Hold on to that. And it was just so comforting. You know, it was just a comforting feeling. And I said, your dad cared about loyalty and he loves you more than anything. And he's not left your side. And that's what he's trying to implement to you. Like there's, you know, there's so many different kinds of relationships and People go, people have ebbs and flows. Like I've always said, I'm like, I wanted to freaking kill my husband at seven years. <laughs> and I would walk around, I'm like, we need to go, let's go to counseling. He's like, well, why go to counseling? I like myself. And he walks away. I'm like, I don't like you. <laughs> 21 years later, I am madly in love. I'm so thankful wow. that I still have him. You know, that's and so fabulous. I'm so lucky that I didn't ixnay it on the seventh year or the 12th or the 11th, like whatever. Whatever. Last, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, it's great. Allow your relation. There's no perfect relationship and there's no perfect relationship with yourself either. You're going to have times where you're super happy. You're going to have times where you, you, you feel off. Well, check into how you feel off. Do you feel off? Are your hormones straight? Are you like, if you're depressed, reach out. If you feel like you're isolating a little bit, reach out. That's the biggest thing. Reach out to someone. Okay? Not only on the planet, but off the planet, clearly. Because yes. you do have people that are watching out for you. Well, Luana, let me ask you. Uh, there was one, one question I had for you. Somebody told me this today, and I thought it was pretty unusual. And they said that they had a dream last night where they were talking to uh, an author Right. Who's, al- who's alive, who's on the planet. It's not Stephen King. 
No, but he's a very prolific author. I'll say who it is. George R. R. Martin. I wouldn't you know. Of uh, the Game of Thrones. And and so this person told me that they were having this conversation with, in their dream with George R. R. Martin. They were just talking about, you know, stuff. And at the end of the dream, he looked and said, tell Richard I said hello. Me. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that this person told me that he said hello, his higher self. Now, Lou, what was that about? Connections. Because they showed me, so the connections they showed me, something that had to do with London. So, hmm. There's a, um, okay, show me again. Connections, how it all, whether you're dead or alive. Oh my goodness. That's so great. Thank you. Your higher self is also where we get the, our information. So divine counsels and higher selves. So she, so the way that I feel that Luana was showing me, she's like, it's all the same. Alive, dead, we're all alive. Like it doesn't matter whether it's your higher self. So it's like the better, so it's like your 40 year old self talking to your 20 year old self like dude don't do that like <laughs> you know wow. like so but if there's no space and time it is your 40 year old self that's telling yourself to do that if you think about it the the ramification is she putting this in your mind or are you just coming up with this okay no. here's the weird thing yesterday our daughter olivia in, for her film that. class shot a movie where I met my former self, my son, who looks just like me, when I was his age, and so there, we meet outside, and I'm looking at him like, "Oh my gosh, I, you know, you're me." And then he's looking at his older self. Right. So anyway, for Luana to put that into your mind. But she said that that's how it is. That's how it is. That's how it is. So it doesn't matter. Just know that all the threads of our higher self, our people that have passed on, everything is all for our greater good. And so whether or not you know it's your higher self that you're talking to, or you know it's your past, like your like your 80-year-old talking to your 60-year-old, talking to your 40-year-old, she's, it doesn't matter. Take the advice. Take the advice. Very good. Lou, uh, anybody that on your guest list that uh, wants to say hi? I, I know we don't have Jennifer for a long time today, but. I know that it was your birthday in March. Is there another birthday or somebody else's birthday? Because she showed me a candle, but she showed it to me with you. A birthday candle? Um, hmm. Wait, Could be. Wait. Lou, let's ask. Male, female? Hmm. short. Hyra just came in. Hold on. He has a. Hyra <laughs> the dog. Was it his birthday, Hira? Oh, you know, I don't think it's Robert's birthday. Maybe. April? Oh, I thought something else. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not getting... Just give me a second. He said he has a bone to pick with me. He's laughing. So just give me a second, Hira. Pun. Hira made cat jokes, and now he's making up dog jokes. Oh, he's actually very happy. So I have to tell you about an experience I just had on Monday. So Monday at 6.10 p.m., after I worked out... And I'm just, you know, doing, I have a lot of things going on right now with projects. Um, and I get this text saying, there's 18 people here. Where are you? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what do you mean? It was the owner of Uncorked. And I love Kathy. She goes, 
well, we have a sold out show. And I'm like, um, I said the 27th. I looked at her thread. I'm like, I said the 27th. She didn't realize that. It got sold out real fast. It always does. And for listeners, if you're in LA, you can come see me. It's fun. It's whining spirits. I read the audience. Everybody gets a reading usually. Um, but anyway, so within 10 minutes, like within 10 minutes, she's like, uh, can't, I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know what? <laughs> I got ready. Freddie dropped me off by 630. It was supposed to start at six. And she's like, and I said, listen, just give me a second. Wow. It was probably the best night because I had no time to get into my, like, it doesn't matter. I've said, I don't ever turn this off. I just don't go around reading everybody. But that night, the whole reason why Hi was showing me is, oh, okay. He was happy because so many dogs came through and there was literally a woman that had the collar. She showed me the collar of her dog. Wow. That, that's the whole reason why she was there. That's so cool. He says, Thank you. He just told me, thank you. That's why the bone he had to pick with me. But he also said, <laughs> your message is, it's okay if you feel like you're not ready. It always works out. What does he mean? Because I had... Oh, if you're not ready. Yeah. I had 10 minutes to read a whole audience. Literally, like 15 minutes between getting ready and getting down there. And and thank God for last night's makeup. My Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay if you're not ready it'll always work out and that's that applies to life death everything going into a project because you do have a higher self who's aware of all the stuff the imaginations you're going through and so they you know they can help clear the path and they can help make that easier for you yeah so that was from Hira but I think there's something about Robert so we're going to have to talk to Robert okay and Mention sentient beings when you talk about living animals. Yes, animals mention animals when you talk on Saturday. He says, and Sunday, Sunday. Sorry. And he oh, says, that's a great. Uh, thank you, Hira. I love getting a note from Hira. Hira saying in my talk on Sunday, talking about the afterlife. Make sure you talk about the animals that are standing by. I had not thought of that, and now I shall. He says, "There's a lot of people that those animals are their children." Of course, and people really... Like, oh, it goes back to higher selves. They've been with us forever. So they're never going away. So it's all <laughs> the same. Like, it's all the same. Like, they, they don't go... What they, they are so loyal. Back to the loyalty. Like, be loyal about something. Mm. Like, if you're passionate about something, do something every day for whatever it is that you're passionate about. People that have day jobs... Everybody has day jobs. They end up, but eventually, whatever they're passionate about can overtake their day job. You just have to want it. You just have to be fearless. Like, like learn how to be fearless. Like, that's crazy. Not crazy, crazy about what happened to you at with that woman. And it's crazy the feeling, like, that hug, having all of the class hugging you all at once. Like, this is our moment. How amazing is that? And I know you don't like talking about yourself, but <laughs> no, I just, I no, I just think it's, I look, I, it happened and I had the same experience. We're talking about the same thing. We just like, I was like, oh, how, how odd. And what are the, you know, what are the possibilities that this would happen? So, and that me, Amelia would come forth and we have not talked about that, but literally went off to this woman's production company. So knock on wood that they get, you know, whether I'm the guy who makes it or not, like they get her story so much that they want to be involved. And if that's what's important, 
her being able to tell her story, whether I tell it or somebody else does. I'd be love to participate, but it's really about her. I think you'll be overseeing everything no matter what. And then, hold on. You didn't give up. And that's what she said before. Don't give up. Do not give up. Right? How many times do we hear that? Over the Oscar speeches, right? Everybody said the same thing. You know, 20 years ago, I quit the business or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, and I also understand, like, be practical, you know, have fun. But we've heard this from people on the flip side. Nobody comes over here wishing they had done less. Or wishing they would have held back. Or held back. And or wishing they would have had a boring show. <laughs> yes, you don't want to have that. It happens. You know, I'm fond of saying, well, someone said print that take. You know, when you watch a movie and you're like, what are they thinking? Um, I also wanted to mention oh. something. Oh, oh, go. Oh, oh. And I got the Oscars right, right? With all the. the yes, you were. Uh, Jennifer was right. Ding. Ding. She got everything everywhere all at once. It was going to win all the Oscars. And That's you right. got All Quiet on the Western Front. You picked that as well. Because we talked to Carl Lumley and you said it's going to get it's going to win in each category that it's in. And I have no idea what that is, but <laughs> that's OK. Quite the Western Front. That's fine. So last night and I normally don't bring myself. Yes, I, I talk about myself all the time. No, I normally don't bring in dreams. Sometimes Luanica wants to talk about a dream. In this case, it was my dad. And I was having this dream where I was with my family and we were with my dad. And then. He stopped and sat down. He was tired. And then he started whispering to me across the room, just his lips moving, but I could hear him. And he was saying, I love you. I'm never far from you. I'm always with you. I keep an eye on you and your family at all times. I just saw my dad. He just put his hand on me. I love that. Listen, a, that's all the dads. All that's the dads. That's why I mentioned it, because it's every loved one you've ever had even the ones you didn't like so much even the, ones they... you don't, even the ones you don't know because you have no idea about your past lives with your grand great grandmother that you never met before or your, they are there and you might feel like a, a kinship with them but you don't know why there's a huge reason why you just won't know until you go and it's not die you know we always say you, go. you know it, they're like if you think about the matrix and I'm so grateful that we have these podcasts because I'm not going to remember this, which is <laughs> fun being me. But the like the matrix that I saw about us talking to our older selves, like I am so much like if I could strangle my 20 year old self, I would. I'm like, oh, you stop it! You're exhausting me. Like if you think about all the things that we've gone through to have this life, like. Yes, if I had love and sex and drugs and rock and roll and all that, everything in between, I've had a pretty great life. I really have. I I have nothing, like I want to see my grandchildren. I don't want to be a grandma, but I want to see my grandchildren. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Uh, and I want <laughs> to be in their lives. Like I love my kids so much. Um, yes, but, and I'm not afraid to go though. The difference is I'm not afraid to go. I don't think they need me over there. They're probably going to make me stay here till. No, like, you like, Absolutely. We need you here. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but I feel like everybody that is going through a little rockiness right now, just know you have so many people holding you that Rudy. you cannot see. 
but you are so held, like you are not alone. That's the biggest message I think we can give to people today. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know what? Go ahead. Like whatever person that has betrayed you, wish them well. Wish them on their path because everything bites people in the ass. Like whatever you go through, <laughs> whatever you've done, you get, it's not about karma from before. It's karma from now. You're going to get hit in a different way. And so wish them well, forgive them. Like you said, forgive them. Just over And sometimes you can actually mitigate the things that you've done that you've harmed people. You didn't mean to, let's say, whatever. But you can mitigate that by actively going out and helping someone, whether it's going to an animal shelter and walking a dog that doesn't have an owner, what going to hospice care, helping an old lady across the street. What happens is when you get to the divine council and they go, well, let's look over your lifetime. And they go, you did all that weird stuff. And then somebody on your council goes, yeah, but you remember that time they went over to the animal shelter and they, all those dogs, you changed their lives. You made them laugh and bark and have fun. Everybody gets a second chance. So Everybody. always. And and the other thing is, and just what you're saying, Jennifer, which is, I, I like to repeat it, which is, we don't come alone. We plan our lifetimes with guides and teachers and council members, and they're there to greet us when we get off stage. They're there to, so if you think about guides, excuse me, guides and teachers and councils, like, what do they do? They give you information, right? That's what they're doing. They're giving you information. You might not, you, whenever you wake up with like this epiphany or whenever you feel like I should call this person or whenever you feel like, hey, my body isn't right. Maybe I should go to a doctor. That's what they're doing constantly. You're not coming up with this shit. Sorry, no offense. No, we're <laughs> <laughs> they're giving that to you that's your counsel that's their job like our loved ones like i had to go through though when my dad would show up that i wouldn't hyper panic like who's gonna die who's like i go into defcon five or whatever four um and now i could tell him like hi dad like i can say hi like i couldn't do that for a year because i was so because i was so fearful that i'm missing something you know that's my own stuff. I'm sorry. I don't mean to bring that up. No, no, but that's absolutely right. We loved seeing Jim. And, uh, you know, I was there when the day when I asked Jim how to help his daughter with her grief. And he said, try to get her to move grief to nostalgia. And you looked at me when you said it and said, what does that mean? And but then he explained it. Just grief is sad memories. Nostalgia is a combination of sad and happier memories when you can move or begin to move grief. To nostalgia, you begin the healing process. So that's something else. That's also that can be used for people that are alive. People that are alive that are no that have either betrayed you or have left you or however you feel, it's the same thing. You can start moving that grief to nostalgia. Mm. Remember the good things that they brought to your life that wouldn't have been there. The laughter. The Sometimes laughter. photographs help. You know, you find a photograph of your loved one. Well, I'm just something. people that I'm just saying, like the people that you know that you broke up with that are still walking the planet, yeah. still move. But you might not want to look at their photograph, but you uh, can <laughs> while you're cutting them up. Oh yeah, I remember that time. Well, anyway, that's a that's a it's a meditation that we can all take, and we all wish we could. Um, Jennifer, I know you have a family. And uh, I know they're waiting for you. I'm cooking tonight. I have to go to fish bar and get the food. So, oh. <laughs> um, but I also want to mention, I am doing something. It's called, um, hold on one second. 
I just have to make sure that I say it right. All right. Um, it is the Parapod Festival. Oh, that, you're doing that? Yes, I am doing that. And I would love it if, if, if anybody wants to go to it. Colby and I are going to be talking about investigations. It's going to be amazing. It's going what to be day great. is it on? It's on March 31st and April 1st. So I'll be speaking April 1st. April I, may, I may come out there because a friend of mine invited me, who was like a journalist, and he thought, you know, I could go out and, and check it out. And I and I saw that Colby was on there. On the list. You, you it, I would come and see you. I mean, and Colby. But I mean, you and Colby, it's a two for one. How cool is that? So the, it is. So the Parapod Festival. And then there's something. Hold on a second. Okay. So anybody that goes to the Parapod, if you want to go, book your tickets now. Because there's, there's still some availability. But use Jennifer 10. J N N I F E R 10 as a code and you get 10% off of your ticket. Lovely. That's very good. Right? Thank you. All right. Very good. I'm uh, so excited about it. It's going to be so fun and I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to be there. And Richard's going to be joining me. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully that's, that's a, the April 1st. And then this Sunday, the 26th, go to richmartini.com and click on the link and I'll tell you all about the, Divine Councils in the Afterlife Talk. Jennifer, thank you. Thank you for your gifts. Let's thank people who stopped by today. Amelia, knock oh, on wood. Let's hope that uh, everything works out fabulously. Jim, thank you for stopping by. Luana, we love you. We miss you. We appreciate your insight. And am I forget? Oh, Hira, I forgot. You know what? So again, back to be more fluid in the way that you allow things to happen because I was so stressed out. I'm like, Richard, I can't make it or only text message. She's like, are you back from Paris? <laughs> I got to show this actually. It's, it's funny. Cause she didn't say I was never in Paris. You knucklehead. She just went, <laughs> uh, I can't really do it until seven. You said, no, you said, okay. He goes, are you back from Paris? I'm like, <laughs> I said, I am back from Paris. Huh? So I thought that, yeah. and then, uh, he, I'm like two ish. And then I couldn't do two o'clock. My point was, so I just got from Milan and she said, because of my experiences today, that kind of like led towards a lot of things that happened today. And that we was, got to hear. we got to be able to do it at seven o'clock tonight. There you go. Oh, and thanks to the class for showing up late for at seven o'clock, 7 p.m. today. We appreciate there's, that. There's no time over there. All right. There's no time. Thank you, Jennifer. We love you. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Love, love. Love, love. Bye-bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.